you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Because a lot of people, they still to this day, they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I was actually, when I was stalking you, by the way, we're recording, but, um, I was listening to a video on your page and you said something really powerful about how like you never go into an interview or like any type of media thing thinking you're better than anyone else, but you also don't go in thinking you're not as good as the other person. And I was like, Oh, that's powerful shit. Yeah. Because I feel like you never want to not be humble. I feel like there's something really special, no matter how successful or big you get, you always want to hold on to that. But you also like feel like we tend to like underestimate ourselves a lot I think I've struggled a lot with that right where it's like I never want to feel like someone's better than me and I'm not better than someone else you know and I I really struggled a lot with that because it's like I've never give myself the flowers right I'm Mm -hmm. like wow you did so good like all these things that like I've built within like 10 years like I've never really sat down and been like wow you're so good for you you know and so it's kind of like hard to you know, not do that for yourself and then be talking to people and people to like not know your worth. You have to know how to treat yourself for people to treat you. Totally. You know? I mean, I think we, I talked about it in a separate episode, like you deserve a seat at the table. That's like the yeah. hardest thing to do as like an entrepreneur, no matter what you're doing. But like, it's obvious when it's missing like, yeah. from your persona, from your confidence in your business. Like that yeah. part is essential and yeah. being successful too. Oh my God, big and time. And also like gratitude is a part of being successful and being able to sit and be like, look what I did. Look what it was accomplished. Yeah. And if you don't do that, it's kind of like you, you move too quickly to the next goal without just sitting and being like, wow, I did a good job. Yeah. I, I, I have like this thing in the morning where it's like I sit by the window and like get natural light in uh-huh. so I can put on my face. <laughs> So you can like, you're like, I need to, I need to like, you know, like you're just kind of like in there and, and the sun is like hitting and you're just like natural light. So like that, your eyeliner comes out good. And, you know, you're just in there. Yeah. And so it's like, it's quiet. You know, my daughter's off to school. My husband's, I don't know, doing something. And so I'm just like in there and like, that's like really like the moment to like, really like out loud say all the stuff that like I'm really grateful for because it's like I'm not like a religious person I actually have religious trauma (laughs) I know I feel like we need to get into I'm like (laughs) we're getting into a lot today I was gonna say I I was gonna ask you actually if you were like since of this conversation because I'm a Christian I grew up Christian faith has always been like a big part of everything but I think as I've gotten older like that's really translated out of like traditional and like more into like how like what's my personal relationship with God and how am I going to do that and carry that through business through my personal life through everything yeah it's really interesting you say that yeah no and and for me like I you know um, my mom she's like we grew up Catholic and then all of a sudden like my parents were like Christian from day to night and I was like what the (laughs) yeah what what's happening you know and so it was really interesting but um I've always kind of been like, you know, was raised with prayer, all that kind of stuff. And for me to like rebel as like a teenager and be like, I don't freaking religion is totally not for me. And like really like seeing like what my dad did with it. Like I was just kind of like a little traumatized by that. And I was just kind of like, wait, 
but like now it's like we get to like reclaim what religion is for us you know and it's like i don't go to church i don't do any of that kind of stuff but i i am like a very you know because i felt like my dad was always kind of like well if you don't go to church you're not a good person and if you're not religious you're not a good person and i always kind of thought like I'm a really good person, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm really nice. It's like I I really like make sure that I don't make ruin anyone's day and that like I'm super mindful and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah, it's but interesting how people like put their own spin on things based yeah. on just their life. And then when you have children, you do it to them and then you yeah. grow up thinking your parents' views are yours. Everyone goes through like the self-identity journey, especially in faith. Oh my God. But I feel like that's a good segue. I would love for you to talk about just your childhood, how you grew up, where you grew up and how you got into even starting a company. So, so I actually want to say too, yeah. if you, for those of you who don't know <laughs> Claudia, I'm like, we just got into it. Yeah, I'm yeah, not surprised. Yeah. yeah. So Claudia is a cut and sew designer. Yeah. She owns so loca. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you could just get into all of that, like okay. childhood, when you started, how you so, got here. Um, my dad was a denim distributor. I grew up in LA in okay. the San Fernando Valley. So it's basically like 20 minutes from downtown LA. Um, super like, you know small community my mom never learned how to speak english because she never really needed to because it was predominantly brown community and so um it was a nice childhood like i really i have um i'm a sibling of like six so we're six kids yeah we're all like really cool peeps Um, wow we're all like i'm the second to the oldest so i have an older sister and then everyone else is like younger but everyone's really cool like we all grew up like super tight-knit I grew up with my cousins. My mom was like a stay-at-home mom until I was like 10. And uh, crazy thing, my mom just recently retired from her job that she got when she was, when I was 10 years old. So she kept the job. The same thing. (laughs) The same thing. Wow. So it just shows you we're very loyal. Wow. (laughs) But uh, she was like, you know, she got this job and um, both my parents, they, they both sewed. And so my dad was running a denim factory, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden he like closed it and moved everything into the garage and like at that point i was like 12 years old and i was like always very like anxious and like needed to do something yeah. and i would just kind of go in there and like watch him kind of work all day like it was like an all day kind of thing and so i was like do you need help and he's like sure and so i would cut like elastic do that kind of stuff and then like at the at a point he was like teaching me how to do mass production which i didn't even know like he he never explained anything to me i was just kind of like you know, my childhood was very like, don't explain anything to the kids. You just tell them what to do and they do it. And there yeah. was no communication other than that, you know. And so I was like, OK, cool. So I basically learned everything from like my dad. He was like, this is how you cut it. And then like my mom was really into like um, detail work. So oh, wow. beading, doing all that kind of stuff. And so she did our first communion dresses when we were like little girls. Aww. And it was like child bride like freaking dress <laughs> i know <laughs> i didn't grow up catholic so i didn't have like any of those traditions and like when i see it i'm like that's You're cool like, I want that. interesting <laughs> like i, I would have liked to dress <laughs> i know i did it more for the dress and just yeah. kind of like i knew back then i was a party girl it's like i want a party <laughs> and i want a dress oh, that's so i was like really into it and so yeah i just you know i was with my dad most of the time crazy thing is that at that time, he was, like, making jackets and, like, just mass-producing all kinds of, like, stuff in the garage. And so on Saturday and Sunday, he would, like, wake us up, like, at 6 in the morning. He's like, all right, now we have to go sell at Swap Me. Wow. And I was like, oh. So it was his own company. It was his own company, okay, yeah. Cool. And so um, I was so embarrassed by it. Like, <laughs> I was like, 
why that's such a kid thing yeah why do we have to do this and it's like you know but i was like me and my sister she's three years younger than me we would like go and we would just kind of like set everything up and we were like let's treat this like if it was our store and like you know set it all up and you know she was like nine and i was like 12 so we're like and my dad would um he would be like, I have to go buy fabric in downtown L.A. And we're like, OK, you know, you don't question your parents. Yeah. And so he would be like, you guys man the booth and would be like, OK, cool. And so by the end of it, we would be like, here's seven hundred dollars that we made for you. Today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's just like putting you guys to work. <laughs> He's actually just going home and like yeah. sipping on tea. Well, he was actually going to have an affair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So I was You're like, casual. yeah, I was like, what? So I finally pieced everything together. But oh, yeah, it was, I must've been really hard. Yeah. I basically found out there at like this. I feel like seriously, I, 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 I people I can't see your face right now, but you were like <laughs> smiling and laughing through this story. This is very me, very, very difficult reciting trauma. Dude, for, I, I seriously feel like I grew up in like the Swami, right? Like just kind of like, as like a kid, just trying to be like, what is my life like a teenager going through like boy crushes at the swami and just be like wow that kid's really cool that guy and at booth 13 yeah <laughs> he's like he, he kind of like winks at me and you're just kind of like but i'm like i don't even have boobs yet and you're just so <laughs> selfish trying to figure it out and then but meanwhile you find out this really big yeah. life altering oh my god thing. it was crazy yeah so i remember um he like showed up one time and it was like me and my sister, we were just kind of like handling the booth and he's like, hey. And so I saw him like walking with like this lady and like uh, two kids. And I was like, oh, they're probably like just kind of like walking behind him or something. So he's like, hey, I, I want to introduce you guys to someone. And I was like, OK. And he's like, this is your brother and your sister. And I was like, what? And so my jaw is like oh my on the ground. God. I was like. Spanish is my first language, so uh-huh. I don't feel like I could really communicate in Spanish that well because my parents only, like, barked orders at us. Like, they <laughs> weren't, like, like how do you feel or anything like that. And so I knew that I was just kind of, like, really mad, mm-hmm. like, really, really mad. And I was like, how the like, – because, you know, you understand, like, hey, this person is married. And you understand yeah. at least, like, the basics. Like, I knew my parents didn't have an open relationship or anything yeah. like that. So it's like I understood that they were married – that they were committed and all that kind of stuff. And I was just kind of like, what? I remember at that time, like my mom was always like crying and very like emotional and all that kind of stuff. It all pieced together. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh my God. And so on the drive home, because we didn't live too far from there. It was probably like five, 10 minute drive. Like, I just remember thinking like, I can't tell my mom, like, I I don't want to be the one that's going to like break her heart, you know? And so it was just, so hard i've never even told her that she she knew since like the beginning because you know you know when you're in a relationship you always know you you know and so she knew because she was always like upset and stuff like that but i never told her i never told her like what had happened or anything like that and it was just kind of like one of those things where after that like i just i became so wild and just rebelled against my dad and for a really long time i was like i hope he kind of disappears you know, because yeah. of the, how much pain like he caused and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's like also at the same time, like now as an adult, you know, trying to like mend those kind of relationships would be nice for like my daughter to have like a grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, 
but then like looking back you're like he's kind of too crazy <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he, he doesn't align with like the morals of like who we are and so for me to like see this person like in like two different lights I was like whoa this is like yeah it was too in- too intense for me but that's really hard at that age too because how yeah. old did you say you were at 12 oh my gosh so you started into your rebellious phase I'm, I'm assuming yeah. now knowing you that this is a part of how you became so strong and so determined Dude, as I was well. just you know I think like my dad really was like one of those people where it's like I could have used him like when I was like at that age and I could have had like a little bit more support and all that kind of stuff and so the sewing thing is like it heals like some kind of like wound that has been opened during like that whole entire time even like my mom to be like i'm so proud of you for like the sewing thing because, because it goes back to your dad because it goes back to my dad it's really powerful you know so you're recreating like a memory for her and like a passion through someone else yeah which is, her daughter, which is really really which insane. is which i never thought about it like that you know but um it's really intense because when whenever she does come she's like wow like she's like i would have wanted a room like this and you know she was always like she she could take down your measurements and create anything by like just looking at a picture and having measurements you know so she's very very detailed like that but she kind of put everything on the back burner and was like i just have to hustle it wow yeah so you definitely got that hustle mentality from her for uh, yeah from both both of them them. yeah and so so how far after did you move to san diego after that so i moved um to san diego i believe it was like 2011 so yeah. in your 20s yeah um, early 20s, what brought yeah. you here was it just like the rebellion i followed I, I followed a boy oh <laughs> all right we <laughs> love <Rebellion>. honesty <laughs> i and you know what it was so funny because he was my boyfriend at the time and, and i remember he doesn't like to admit it but i remember the dinner <laughs> he was like come with me you'll never have to work again <laughs> I was like, I love that. Wait, is this your husband? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So this is a good story. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, oh my God. We're like, this rarely works out <laughs> when you follow know. a boy. We met in the cannabis like industry uh-huh. and he was like, I want to go open up a dispensary out there. And I was like, cool. Good for you. Like I had just paid off my car, just had gotten an apartment. I had my stuff in different consignment stores. I really thought I was like the shit at that time. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm so great, you know? And so you so, were kind of dabbling into the industry. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, wow, I'm, I am I was already like sewing and like making things and selling them at like art shows. And I was like, I think my life is like good here, you know? So I basically was like, I'm gonna like move. If I need to move back, like, my my mom's always been like oh you know you always have a place here and it's not like a big deal and this and that and so i was like if i need to move back i'll move back no big deal or whatever i had like two grand in like my pocket and i was like we'll make something oh my god (laughs) i was promised a lot of good shit he's (laughs) like you won't ever have to work ever again and i was like wow that's a great life you know (laughs) i ended up moving out here and helped him build his business all that kind of stuff and um, I think it was like two years later, like I ended up getting pregnant and wow. I was like, oh, crap. I was like 26 at the time, just really scared. And he's like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll be we'll finally have something to do because <laughs> we're so boring. You know, when she was like five months old, we opened up like the studio. Wow. And I remember, you know, going to like her pediatrician appointment and she's like, what do you guys do? Uh, and we're like, we're opening up a business. And she just laughed so hard. <laughs> that was so funny. You decided that you were just going to pursue embroidery and sewing yeah. because it was always a passion of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you know the name was going to be So Loca? At the time, like I didn't. I think we were like driving somewhere 
and I just ca- kind of thought it would be hilarious, you know? Yeah. And I, th- I didn't think he was going to go for it. I love it. Everyone's always been like, you're so crazy. You're so crazy. I basically was like, what do you think about the idea of calling it so and then loca? And he's like, I really like that. And I was like, oh, crap. And so <laughs> I was like, cool, you know? And so that's where, you know, we kind of were like, oh, my God, it would be really fun. But we we did a couple of like we pivoted the business a few times because in what way? we started in bankers hill mm-hmm. we originally wanted to have like an artisan collective where it's like people sold their stuff and it was yeah. all handmade stuff and you know i would be like sewing during the day that was the original plan and like we just never made money i felt like the first two years we just kind of like bled like out money like real bad so i ended up getting like two other jobs plus like the business we transitioned and and um i was doing a lot of tailoring and like custom sewing and all that kind of stuff and and that like really like just kept us afloat when we moved out here they sold the building there where we were at so we're there for five years and then they finally were like we're gonna tear it down and we're gonna build condos and so I found a place here and it, we were actually in the alley for a year. Wow. So we're in the alley for a year and we were still doing like custom sewing and tailoring and all that kind of stuff. And towards like the end of 2019, I was like, I'm just like, you know, you meet a lot of people and, you know, people have great ideas for designs and you're just kind of like, cool. And like, mm-hmm. you're just seen as like a tool. You know, when you love people that you work with, you're like, dude i get your vision like let's build something together yeah but there is times where people are just kind of like you're just a tool i don't want any of your input and so um towards the end of 2019 i was kind of already feeling like that and then 2020 comes oh fucks everything up (laughs) (laughs) or fixes it i don't know however you want to see it you know but it really like put a lot of things into perspective for us we need to transition our business again because no one's getting anything tailored no one's going anywhere and so one of my friends he i was like i'm I'm constantly like always watching the news and stuff like that and so i was like there's some shit that's coming this way and we kind of have to like figure it out because it's gonna come you know and so my friend was like you should make masks and he kind of kept bugging me about it and i was Uh like sure so i made like a mask for him and he's like you should make like a few and I was like, okay. And so, I, like, I made a few, and um, sure enough, like, lockdown happened, like, the next day. And I was like, Whoa. wow. It was really crazy how, like, it really happened because one of my friends had messaged me, and he's like, hey, um, my grandmother just passed. She was a quilter. She has a lot of, like, fabric. We're going to throw it all away if, wow. like, no one comes and picks it up. So I picked up, like, 22 bins of just cotton fabric. So I have, like, an electric cutter, and I cut all the sizes and all that kind of stuff and I would just sew them and then I ended up having girlfriends that would come and cut them and stuff but we made like 10,000 masks oh my gosh and we just gave them away you know we're just like screw it like we had all the fabrics we had all like the elastics and stuff after that like I feel like it was like July I was like it's dead like there's no one that's coming here in a neighborhood like this gentrification is like a huge thing I ended up losing like this neighbor and then the neighbor on the other side. And so I was like, oh, crap, this could be really bad. You yeah. know, I just messaged everyone and I was like, it would be really cool if we could all like talk and kind of like organize ourselves to like make this like a place where people want to come visit during the pandemic, you know, because we still have to conduct business. Yeah. And so we ended up freaking starting Walk the Block. And wow. so, yeah. We and what, can you explain them what that is? Just yeah. For so who don't know. Um, it was basically an event that was like created in like response to COVID. So gotcha. we still had to conduct business and all that kind of stuff. But we wanted it 
to do it in a way that it was going to be like safe for everyone. Okay, so the pandemic was really kind of what elevated the company. Yeah, everyone was like, oh my God, who's this person in Barrio Logan that's like making all these masks and just yeah. crazy enough to just give them away? Yeah, you know, everyone, I feel like that speaks a lot to your business too because yeah. I know that you say community over competition. Yeah, yeah. If I have all the tools and all the resources to like do it, like it's not going to cost me anything because all that fabric was donated to me. Uh, so that to me felt just not good. Nothing is happening. Yeah. No one is going anywhere. Like this is a basic need. So I felt yeah. like at the time we well, got a lot of... you probably didn't realize that like no. even though you weren't um charging for it you were doing something really powerful for your business in that moment yes. which was that you were creating awareness and like really yeah. good reputation oh my god yes and so the news like you know we got interviewed by i feel like like every news station in san diego and they were yeah. like what are you why are you doing this who why you know all this all the questions and for me i was like well we have everything and so it's like we should we should you know yeah. and like it's like we're all in the same boat so like you should you know and so the shop now like spiked up so high yeah because i also saw yeah. online that so loco was voted best clothing store in san yeah. diego at one point yeah last what year you, last year yeah That's so cool it's freaking awesome you're like <laughs> you're so, looking at me like you don't know how it happened but i think it's really obvious how it happened yeah and you worked really hard opened something you felt really passionate about and also yeah. put your community over yeah you know the profit yeah and it's you know obviously like as a business like you always want to be like hey like you have to keep yeah. the lights on you have to feed your family you have to do all those kind of things but it's like it's it's important to know like the morals of like the business the morals of like the morals that you have because when things get hard you could always be like does this align with me and then if it's like no then it's like it's easy to, to make that decision yeah i think people aren't good at saying no to things yeah. and like you it's way more damaging and financially damaging in the long run to say yes to things that don't align with your business or to do yeah. things that don't align with your business rather than just waiting it out so i feel like th that definitely created like so much credibility for us where people were like who's this person why are they doing this we were like hey if people are like going to our website like we have to have products there and so at that point like no one was getting any masks or anything like that but yeah. we had like such an insane following from people wanting masks we would we were like hey let's rework this thing and put it on the website yeah and then like it would sell like right away and i was like That's oh insane. god so at this, this point you were awesome. starting to experiment with like jackets and yeah. bags and stuff like that yeah and just kind of like what have I always wanted to do? Like in the last, like, you know, six years, what have I always wanted to do that I never could do because I never, I, I never had enough time to do it, which was awesome that, you know, people like understood like your vision. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my God, this is like so great. That's and so, so cool. yeah, so it, it did feel good to kind of be like, oh my God, now we're doing this. And, you know, and, and so we've pivoted the business and that's what we've been um, since, since like, all this craziness happen. Obviously, Barrio Logan is a very like Latino based community. Yeah. yeah. So how does like your identity come into the business and this community? I feel like I've always had like these identity issues, right? Where you're yeah. just kind of like, uh, you know, you're growing up like first generation because in Mexico, they're like, you're not Mexican, you're American. And you're like, what? 
And then yeah. you're like, you go, <laughs> you're here and you're like, I'm American. And they're like, no, no, no. Growing up, like I grew up when it was like full house and family matters mm. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, there's no brown people. Like, you yeah. know, there, there was no brown representation at all. And so it's really, you know, one of those things where I was like, where do I go from here? You know, like what is what is what does brown beauty look like? What is like any of that kind of stuff? And so I struggle a lot with that, like where I was like, I don't see anyone that's like beautiful that looks like me. The cut and sew thing is like so new and like really like being able to like create like some kind of path that if, you know, someone in like that is also like brown is like, hey, I would want to do cut and sew. Like what path did you take? Like this is such a new path. Like our careers are so new. They're not like the everyday career where it's like this, you're going to become a doctor and there's like a whole path of what you do to get there. You know, like our careers are like such a fresh new thing, mm-hmm. you know, that there really is every we're all figuring it out as like yeah. we go. You know, I definitely like want to be like a, a positive, like, you know, like role model for people to basically be like, well, if she could do it, I could do it. Yeah. I'm not like any smarter than anyone. <laughs> totally. And I feel like you have this really unique position where you can kind of like bridge two communities together I feel like something I noticed when I came here um just for a little context like I come here every Sunday yes you do visit (laughs) Claudia with my friends um and this community is obviously very unique and special to the Latino community yeah but like I feel like as someone who doesn't really identify in that community community I've never felt like not welcomed by you or not like treated I don't know the same and I think that's like pretty cool and unique that you're here willing to educate talk you know invite everyone yeah because I remember even that one time like I came in and I was like can I buy this Claudia because I forget what it had said on the back yeah what did it say it said like like brown girl yeah and I was like am I able to buy this like this is so cool but I don't want to be like weird and disrespectful and you were just even about me asking the question like was so nonchalant and cool and you're like of course you can like of course it's really interesting how this community has, and I'm sure there's a lot of pros and cons to kind of that vibe of people coming in and like wanting to explore Barrio and be a yeah. part of the community. And I feel like I'm in the same position, right? I'm not from San Diego. So yeah. it's like, it came here, I opened up a business and there's people that are upset about that. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm first generation. Both my parents are both immigrants. I'm fucking brown as fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I feel like entrepreneurship has always been like in our DNA, right? Like we would sell, you know, outside as vendors and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I'm like, look, opportunities are here for everyone, right? I feel like I saw a lot of discrimination against like my parents because my parents don't speak English, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Not feeling like included to be part of like things, right? Where it's like my parents were always like, oh, we can't do that because we're not X, Y, and Z, you know? And I feel like you know, as people, like, if we've been discriminated against for so long, why would we do that to people? Yeah. You know, and I always keep that in mind because it's like my family is very mixed. You know, I married a Puerto Rican Polish man. My daughter's in like super, super mixed. And so for me, it's like we really like make sure in the household that we don't see color at all. My husband grew up in a totally different like place. I grew up in a totally different place. And you know, just being able to like, you know, validate like what he went through and like his struggles and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and then mine, we all like grow up in different places, but it's like as humans, like 
it's disgusting to be mean to another human different is scary right like yeah. it's like you're like oh my god that's so different and it's scary but different is also like something where it's like you become curious yeah. and you have to always have like that curiosity mind of like who is this person like every every person that comes into like the shop i'm curious they could be potentially like friends or they could potentially be like you know someone that you're just you know you have like this whole entire sewing journey with i always have like a welcoming heart because it's yeah. like i wish that someone was like that for me and my family you know barrio logan is like such a beautiful place right where yeah. it's like there's so many like things that are beautiful like the art like the culture the people that are here but there's also a lot of like struggles mm -hmm. you know that people are like constantly trying to advocate for like we're like a very polluted neighborhood like very very polluted neighborhood wow. and there's a lot of things that people just don't know about like the neighborhood that if people do want to come out here like we encourage please come out here please support all the businesses that are here because the support like it matters so much we all know yeah. that like supporting a small business is like you just don't understand how much that helps that like yeah. family that person that like started that business but it's also like one of those things of like being mindful of like the neighborhood and like what it's going through like how under resourced we are like we're extremely under resourced you know and so just kind of thinking about those kind of things but i always encourage people like come out like yeah our culture is beautiful like it, it is a beautiful place like we're very welcoming people you know but it's like we also want people to come support and also advocate for the things that we also need yeah because if you you're going to be a part of the community and for the fun stuff for my instance like for yeah. my example like we come out every sunday go to barrio dog yeah. get a hot dog come and visit yeah. all the small businesses if you're yeah. going to do that and make it like your routine and your fun little yeah. thing on the weekend then you need to also be supporting in other ways and yeah. acknowledging like what the community actually needs yeah yeah and it's like and it's awesome that you guys just even just come out you yeah. know because it's like it, a lot of people they kind of they're, they're like how could we support your small business if we're on a budget yeah right and well, it's like you can find your own ways to do it for instance like for me i know that like my social media presence is has value exactly and so like sharing barrio and like yeah. posts at like adding soloka and adding these businesses that have yeah. um their instagram out like that's a huge way to contribute yeah to big their time. business if that's not your thing you can find other ways to oh, contribute yeah. be yeah. a part of the events invite yeah. people out here like there are things that you can find to do to help a community even if it's not for mon like money like money yeah for sure i remember i had like a someone asked me like how do you go to barrio <laughs> and i was like well you just go you know you just <laughs> you kind drive of, like you drive or you could take the trolley or you could uber or whatever but it's like go like go and like see how like awesome and like bright and like just filled with like so much culture and so like much art too so much art it it does really genuinely feel like you could go into like a place and like just build community mm -hmm. because there's so much stuff happening so many young people are here mm -hmm. you know like young entrepreneurs it's a it's a cool place to kind of come hang out get a coffee like just make it the day do you think a lot of people in the community or business owners on the street even like do they do you think they feel the same way about that like do you think they love that people are coming is it kind of a love like pro and con thing i think that like you know because you um, did mention the gentrification of things yeah, and stuff so like that i do feel that there is a lot of the businesses that are like thank you for coming thank you for doing all that kind of stuff you know thank you for supporting our businesses 
all that i feel that there is a lot of businesses that are like that that are just kind of like oh my god you know um you going into a business and spending five dollars it makes a huge difference because 20 other people could do that and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're like wow we really wrecked it up you know i feel that there is a lot of like the businesses that i know that they're very appreciative that people are coming and that they're like you know exploring like this really cool neighborhood. There's a really amazing raw art scene here, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't get in I a lot of I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is like, I feel like I was really like sheltered in that way in San Diego. Yeah. I didn't even really know a lot about Barrio Logan. And once yeah. you come down here and see the art and culture, you start to see it everywhere else. Oh my God. Like yeah. even being in downtown, like I'll see art and I'm like, oh, that's definitely yeah. an artist based in Barrio Logan. Yeah. Yeah. So then you start to kind of like the branding comes in. The hand. branding. <laughs> so then you're like, oh my God, I know that person. They, yeah. you know but it's like it is awesome I you know for me I'm like look obviously just being mindful if going into any kind of community and just being like oh cool like you like going there it's awesome it's great um you know and just being mindful but it's like I always tell people our sewing studio is always like the United Nations of everywhere yeah. like everyone is welcome like, I am you Switzerland. Know? <laughs> yes yeah. well and even if there are people who maybe aren't as open and as you are like even you setting an example of that like opening doors having people from all different communities come in yeah and want to hang out here I'm sure that's really inspiring to them too like yeah. oh Claudia's doing something I'm not maybe exactly I need to be doing that too. yeah and you know what we just need to be decent human beings. That's all we period. need to be, you know, period. Like, yeah. and it's like, there's so much beauty in like collaboration. Yeah. Right. Like, like the oh, bags. Oh my God. Yes. I, I was like, freaking cool. I've been waiting to bring up the bags. Oh so Claudia God. did all of the bags for the, how I see it pod, which we yeah. need to put in more orders because people yeah. want no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more, but like such a cool collab. I would have like, yeah. I, it's just crazy how we met. Like I would have never, it's, destiny oh my God, yeah. that like I met you and then the launching the podcast wanting to do a bag and then being like oh I should ask Claudia yeah and it turned out so cool oh my god it was so much fun you know we we had it like down to the wire we were like oh my god I know and then I was like no this one has like a little like, like this one has a burn mark so I really like during like that project I really like channeled my dad in like cutting everything like you know I stacked up canvas like this high and then I was like oh my god I get to use my electric cutter so I like use my electric cutter and it was just and it's just so beautiful how that thing works and so I had such a good time and you know like all those plaid fabrics are like very old vintage super old and I feel like that speaks a lot to your emphasis on just being really sustainable I was yeah. I saw on your site you're trying to be a hundred percent sustainable yeah. by July 2023 oh my god Can you yeah. talk more about that yeah so we where don't does that come from like why why so like, what's your passion behind I think that? it's like it's been a cultural thing like yeah. um we've always like put like salsa in like butter containers and then you're yeah. like oh I'm gonna get some butter and then you're like no there's salsa in here and then or like the cookie container right like the cookie container is always sewing yeah. stuff you know and so I've always kind of been like don't throw anything away, which gets me in trouble. But like a hoarder. <laughs> Dude, if I showed you, you would be like, oh, my God, this person. But <laughs> I've always kind of like I really wanted to always like start a brand. But the thing that really scared me was um, how much waste it produces. Right. Like yeah. there's so much waste and like the fashion industry is number two pollutant. And yeah. so I was like, ooh, I really want to be like super mindful of that because well, what kind of planet am I going to leave for my daughter? For me, like I've always been like, I just don't want to throw anything away. We could utilize yeah. everything and, you know, just don't throw anything. And we're like in the in that 
culture of like just throw it away get a new one yeah and it's like okay cool i get it like there is some things we can't fix like i understand that clothing and textiles like we could definitely utilize for something else you know i mean the fact that that person was gonna throw out those pounds of fabric that you probably still have pieces of still to this day i have like i think i have one last bin of stuff you know i remember the lady's name and i was like thank you ruth every day i'm like you have some cool stuff in here you know (sighs) it really like forces you to kind of like look at every kind of like tiny piece and like i save everything so all the little tiny pieces they get put into like ziploc bags and then um we started doing like a staple bag where it's like it just shows all the scraps that we utilized super cool yeah do i have one of those no it's um i'll show it to you okay but it's basically like it we utilize like a vinyl to cover it and so it's a clear vinyl and then we put all the scraps over it yeah yeah one of those yes and so um i was like you know what like we could utilize everything that we have in the studio so you'll see a lot of like your bag like handles in there like those be like little pieces and a lot of canvas we just really want to like make sure that we're not adding more waste yeah when you really like start collecting all the trash that you have in your house you're like oh my god we're like so wasteful yeah you know it's really it's like a give and take too with my industry because obviously like I do not practice 100% sustainability. It's very hard. It's hard. It's hard. Especially with my job, just working with different brands and stuff. So like, I'm the first to say like, I have designer bags, like I have clothes, I'll buy fast fashion sometimes. Like it just happens. But there are ways that you can pull back. And I think even for me, like, all of my suiting and stuff is from Goodwill. I love Goodwill blazers. Everyone go get a blazer from Goodwill. Like they're the best. So that's like a way that I feel like I've tried to be sustainable in practice, yeah. like buying suiting from there, yeah. um, taking my clothes to Buffalo Exchange. Like there's small ways that you can do that, but I think exactly. it's really inspiring that you're going to be a hundred percent sustainable. I know. It's like, you you're know, like, did I write that? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but you know what? Even like today I was like, you know, because we have to wash a lot of like stuff, getting to know other like businesses that are here that they do like zero waste, you know, and just being like, Ooh, how can we like go and support like their efforts, you know, yeah. where it's like, we need detergent. How can we like go and get detergent? That's not going to come in like this plastic container that we're going to now throw away the plastic container. Pretty sure there's like an artist you know? down here too, that does like, oh, yeah. um, like spray paint bottles. He yeah. does like art with empty spray paint bottles. Like, yes. That's super cool. Yes. Too, and also yeah. sustainable in oh my god yeah yeah which i love because it's like it's really like utilizing everything that you have in the studio before you buy anything yeah and i mean you know? not even just because it's sustainable but like you've even wrote this on your instagram like it's unique everything here is so uniquely done yeah not only is it sustainable but it allows because you're sustainable it allows it to be very unique exactly or we call them time capsule bags. They are all one of one because so they cool. all have totally different scraps in there. Even like I, for like selfish reasons, I feel yeah. like I've been sustainable, like shopping vintage bags. I'm like, I don't want anyone else to have this. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go buy this like, like Dior saddle from the real real from like the nineties instead yeah. of buying a new one, I'm saving a significant amount of money. Oh crazy my God, yeah. amount of money. I'm yeah. also being sustainable in practice yeah. and I have something that no one else has. Exactly. Which, oh my God. Been obsessed with vintage for a really long time. And that's basically how I got into it. I've always wanted to have like a different sense of style where no one could have it. Cause yeah. it's like, I'm sure you remember those magazines where it's like, who wore it better? Yeah. And the trauma of like, I don't well, want the trauma be on of it. showing up to like prom <laughs> with the same dress as someone I know. too. The worst. I know. Scary. 
terrifying. Which is like, hell no. Yeah. So I'm so scared of that, that I just, I always like strive to basically like find unique pieces. And since I was able to sew, I could be like, hmm, it just needs a little nip tuck here and it's going to look amazing. So, cool. so what would you say are ways that like you guys are accomplishing that like like how are you going to be able to go 100 percent sustainable so i know you're pretty sustainable already yeah so basically like all of the fabrics that we get are either from like an estate sale yard sale um blankets at thrift store all that kind of stuff we don't throw any scraps away so this is our serger machine it cuts like really fine like pieces and so it's kind of like almost like like a stuffing we don't throw any of that stuff away we basically put those in ziplocs all of the bins that we have it's either like a t-shirt scrap a sweater scrap um a flannel scrap and so everything is like just scraps and then when we have like the moment to be like hmm, what should we make with these really cool things like we sew them all together so and crazy. then we create something out of it it allows you to be like super creative you know where you're yeah. like i could only use these things what can i make That's you know crazy. so it, it it there is like this like little fun thing where you're like oh my god something cool has to come out of this because it's like i've hoarded it for like 20 years yeah and i feel like there's this weird misconception too that like sustainability means like less like financial success yeah. too and I feel like obviously you have now created the successful business yeah. that you should be really proud of because it's so cool to Thank come in you. here on Sundays so what would you tell someone who has like a passion like you do and wants to start their own company but maybe they don't have the resources or they moved with their boyfriend I know <laughs> don't I'm know what like, to do oh god or maybe they want to be sustainable but they're like I have to make money what would you tell them I think look life's way too short yeah. way too short like really do the things that like really make you happy. Like seriously, do all the things that make you happy. Like I know that we all have like lists of things that we have to do. Like make a list of things that also like make you really happy and balance that out. Life's way too short for you to just kind of be like working for someone else. Their vision doesn't align with yours. Look, if you really want to like start any kind of like sustainable business or anything like that, really reach out to a business and like talk to them. We get a lot of people that reach out and they're like, can I pick your brain? And I'm like, sure, there's not much in there, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh my God, stop. There's so I'm much. like, there's not that it's much funny, in there. But, but like, I feel like a lot of people's fear of starting or beginning is like the intimidation of like asking for help. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Like, Please ask for help because people I wish are I would have. usually <laughs> open to helping. Yeah. And if they're not, then like, who cares? You ask, the worst that they can say is no. And oh my God, Whatever. Yeah. I met one of my really good friends, um, uh, Ainara, which is Muksu Designs, and I met her through, you know, um, higher education. Basically, like, was like, hey, would you be like a guest speaker? And I was like, sure, you know. So I was like, guest speaking. She emailed me the next day, and she's like, hey, can I intern? And I was like, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. that's cool. She transitioned from being a psychologist to like sewing. Wow. And I was like, just so like amazed by that. I was like, who are you? You know, <laughs> why would you do that? You know, but I was just so amazed by her. The most basic stuff, she was like, I'll cut, I'll do this. And like, would never say no to like the most minimal thing. Now she has like a brand. She does wow. drops every freaking week. And um, for me, I'm like, I don't see her as my competition. I see her as like someone else that's doing something that is also similar to like mine that I'm mm -hmm. like, we could change the narrative of what sewing and sustainability is, you know? She totally was like, hey, I'm not above like, learning everything from scratch and like yeah. you know kind of like going in and, and and putting in like some work you know i like talking about her brand because it's like she wasn't afraid to basically be like hey how can i also grow my business you know working together it's like 
thriving together. It seems like you really live out like your community over competition yeah. thing too, yeah. especially in that example. But also I know you do a lot of like work on the side for the community too. Oh my God. Yeah. You do like your embroidery classes. I know you also like talked at yeah. something for kids. Yes. Like, I, like, I, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> say, what you, say what you did. So, um, I taught at a juvenile court school, which wow. I taught kids that were in the juvenile court system, how to sew. Um, and that was, I did that last year, probably for most of the year. And it was the coolest thing that I've ever done. Like I was like a troubled teen. So it's like, I got kicked out of high school for fighting. And then I got like, I'll blame that on my dad too, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like I got kicked out of high school and then I dropped out and then I went back and then all that kind of stuff. And so I knew that these kids, they just needed someone to basically be like, how are you doing? Yeah. How, how do you feel today? And like, no one ever does that. So it was really cool because during that time that I was like teaching that class, Nike had reached out to me and they were like, would you like to come out and teach a workshop here? So cool. You have to talk about that. Yeah. So I was like, and so they slid into the DMs and I was like, like Nike, like it just appeared. It was like Nike checkmark. The person from Nike and they was like, Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from Nike. And I was like, sure you are. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, is this fake? Sure you are. In the beginning I was like, "Uh, it's probably like fake. And I hadn't had a conversation with him over the yeah. phone. He was just like, are you down? And I was like, I'm down. He's like, we want you to come and teach the design um, team how to sew. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm a good teacher. Ah, yeah. And then he finally got on the phone with me. It was like quick. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like running to like another meeting. So it's gonna be quick. And I was like, cool. They FaceTime me the week after. And they were like, this is the space where you're going to be working. That must but have been so surreal for you. It, it was very surreal, especially like showing up. And I had talked to them on the phone and I was like, hey, you know, this is like such a cool thing. And like I'm bringing my daughter with me. And they were like, oh, my God, that's so great. Um, let's put them up for a hotel. We're going to get them a rental car. We show up. And that's where I really like I was like, these people like value me, you know, way more than like you know the people that you like try to build with that like have during that time like I felt like I was going through like a really like hard time and I felt like a lot of like pushback and all that kind of stuff and so going there they appreciated me so much like they made like this whole sign for me and like it was like crazy and for so long like I tried to build with people and like they just totally like try to like drag me down during that time. Wow, that's like, a this big is, validation. Val- my like God. someone big to value you too. I'm sure Dude. like was so validating. Crazy. Not that you need validation, but you know, when you, you get it, when yeah. you run your own business and you're doing something and you're yeah. getting tossed around oh my and you're God. getting fucking beat up yeah. and a big company like that to validate you like that, that must've been yeah. really powerful in your journey. Oh my God. We taught this workshop and they wanted to be more sustainable. So we cut up a bunch of jerseys and um, practice jerseys, like old hockey practice jerseys. And we, I had them all cut up and I was like, all right, you're gonna choose this and you're gonna do this and you're gonna make a tote. And they were like, oh my God, great. And so everyone was like so stoked about it. So it was, it was really awesome to get to sit down and like have lunch with like these designers and for them to talk about like their struggles. And, you know, and it was just kind of like, you know, it really puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, I'm a designer for Nike for X, Y, and Z years. And now I'm working with this and I do all the color for this sneaker and this and that. And you're just kind of like, I'm fucking sitting here and I'm having lunch with you. <laughs> and they're then they're like, no, but you have a brand and you're like doing X, Y, and Z. And you're just kind of like, 
yeah, but you're like working for Nike. And they're like, yeah, but you have a brand. It was just an amazing, like the energy was insane. That's so cool. Insane. Yeah. Cause and we're so, our own biggest critics. And also like, oh, even yeah. like why I started the podcast is like, we tell ourselves that like what we're doing isn't yeah. good enough or like we should be somewhere else or it exactly. isn't that cool. And when you share stories, you realize how similar you are to other people who yeah. you thought maybe had like a way cooler job than you or way better position yeah. and they're looking at you like no and so it really is it, it I'm sure it was really inspiring for you as well but yeah. it's really impactful in your journey because you start yeah. to realize like oh like I need to keep doing what I'm doing yeah. I'm, I'm kind of cool too yeah and it's so crazy because it's like I'm under the radar of like Nike what the so I called my mom during that time and she's like you know, she's always like, gracias a Dios, gracias a Dios. She's, she's like saying like, thank God, thank God, you Aww. know. She was like, wow, like, you know, who would have thought, you yeah. know. And it's like, and, and yeah, who would have thought, you know. And I told the kids at school, I was like, because they're like, oh, my God, what did you bring us back? And, you know, all yeah. this stuff. And can you FaceTime us when you're there? And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I was seriously in you guys' same position same position as you guys were and your life could change so fast yeah and i'm sure you know? it's been really inspiring to see you do that in this community as well yeah. i'm sure the people I'm sure it's a small community yeah. here i feel like people probably heard you were going to yeah. nike so that was probably really inspiring to see you be invited there too oh for other business owners oh my god yeah especially since you put so much emphasis on community and yeah. what you do i'm yeah. sure that was really inspiring that saying is so true. It takes a village, right? Yeah. For anything, to raise a kid, to start something, any of that kind of stuff. But it's like we don't remember these things because they're so, like, old. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, ah, new shit. So, no. Yeah. But it does really take a village to, like, you know, to, to create something good. Because everyone wants to be a part of something. Yeah. Now that you're here and you've been through all this stuff and you're at this, like, really awesome place now with your yeah. business and you're in Barrio and... Um, there's all the businesses here like how I've been asking everybody yeah. at the end of each episode like yeah. how do you see it how do you see everything that you've been through how do you see like barrio changing like I'm you how long have you been in barrio now for five years five years my girlfriend she made me stand across the street and and like look at the freaking Aww. shop and basically be like you did that and I was like okay and she's like you did that and I was like okay and she's like you did that not a lot of people could do that, you know? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, and not a lot of people could do it for as long as you have. I just think I'm crazy enough to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's what we go back to talking about. Like people are too scared to try and yeah. risk. And I feel like that stops a lot of people. Yeah. Steve Jobs was like, you have to be crazy enough to like believe in yourself. And it's like, look, I didn't grow up with any self-esteem at all. I just kind of always like, you know, grew up thinking like I was just going to be a rock star. <laughs> dude okay i'm not even laughing because i'm the same way i'm like you, that is serious yeah. don't laugh yeah like, no. no it's like it's so funny because people are always like how are you so confident and it's yeah. funny because i feel like a lot of my struggle and insecurity has is in like my physical appearance and like yeah. just feeling pretty and feeling like good enough yeah. but i've never not been confident in like who i am yeah and i've never not been confident in the fact that i I'm not made for something like simple and yes. ordinary. Like yes. everything I do, I want to do with intention and I want to make a difference and exactly. I want to be impactful and that's like making big things happen. Exactly. And so I'm the same way. I always thought yeah. I was like, I was like, eh, yeah. I may feel like shit about myself, but I'm definitely going to be a rock star. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be a rock star when I grow up. <laughs> something like that. I love and so, that. Yeah. I was going to be something, you know, I don't know what it is, 
but it's like I'm gonna be like something big you yeah. know and it's like and it's crazy to like say it to like certain people because certain people are like what like <laughs> you know like, and, right. and it, but it's like there is people that they also have that feeling of like you know that you're going to change so much stuff and that you're gonna create a lot of amazing opportunities for other people and and it's like and those people they get it you yeah. know and so well, and you can choose to want to make an impact yeah. it's not like i do think like there's a balance between believing like i'm destined for greatness yeah. versus actually deciding that you're going to be destined for greatness yeah you can choose to like make an impact with your life and i think exactly. you're doing that here yeah um it's really amazing thank what you've you done. yeah it's a lot of fun too yeah <laughs> i think that helps it's funny like yeah. i don't know how people do things they hate it's, oh no i mean yeah. work is always going to be hard and oh shitty. yeah yeah like, yeah i wake up and i'm like i don't want to work today but at least i love my job exactly <laughs> no yeah and i get to like work with my husband which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, we get to work together <laughs> and like now we incorporated our daughter. So she's like a little camera person That's and so which cute. is so cool. We both have had like these passions. Like I've had my, the passion for sewing since I was eight. He yeah. had passion for film since he was 10. Our daughter's 10. We'll see where it goes, but we're really excited to like be here and to like, you know, set like a positive example of like just being like decent human beings, you know, like everyone's flawed. But at the same time, it's like just kind of being like, hey, you know what? Like, let's have conversations when people don't conversate with each other. There's that you built up like this anger, animosity and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like everything could be so cleared up within like a conversation. Yeah. You know, so simple. So Yet simple, not. <laughs> simple, but most people don't know how to communicate. So yeah. that's a, that's another podcast. Episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thank you so much for no, coming on. You. I really, really appreciate it. No, I really yeah. appreciate you sharing your story and yeah, teaching me things and oh, God. constantly <laughs> just talking to me on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before we get off, I want yeah. you to share just how people especially in san diego can support barrio logan yeah the best ways easiest ways and yeah. how they can support you and share your handles too awesome so um please come out saturdays and sundays are usually the best times to come out um there's a lot of really cool stuff happening um it's usually like uh, the best time to come 12 to 6 um and our instagram handles is at soloka s-e-w-l-o-k-a and we have a website soloka.com yeah thank you yeah thank you thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode and i hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired do not forget to rate and review the pod on apple Podcasts and spotify and don't forget to follow how i see it pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next and if you're not already come join the fam and follow at how hand sees it thank you guys <laughs>